For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the number one famous podcast. I'm your host, Debbie McDook. I'm joined as always by John Sheeran. And we don't have Dr. Hoji the Dr. Kismaji this time, but we have some very uh, interesting news. The Bengals, they, they dropped a bombshell on us, if you will. I mean, they released a one-minute video where they showed all the, the different the history of the uniforms of the team. And as you know, the Bengals have a stripes, but this is very, very exciting. The stripes are going to be perhaps, you know, slightly different now. We don't know what they're going to look like. We just know that I don't know how we're going to contain ourselves until the point where they actually show us the stripes. It's just hard. It's going to be hard to, for me, John, to sleep at night, not knowing exactly what those stripes are going to look like. Yeah, for years it's been, you know, we're going to earn our stripes. We're going to keep our stripes. We're going to pay our stripes. But now there's these whole new stripes to the equation. It's a lot of stripes. And I mean, I know they're, I know they're Bengals, they're Tigers, and that's that's just kind of in their DNA. But this is this is a lot of stripes to be dealing with. You know, it's a little bit overwhelming. Yeah, that's that's true. And and I mean, it is you know, it's just such a, a, a coincidence that we just have all this upheaval and change, you know, going on in the the land of the stars and the stripes, if you will. So I mean, just so many, lots of unsettling news, a lot of like, different disappointments, maybe. Well, uh, I, think, I think this but, falls along a little more than the, on the uplifting side of it, you know, like a lot of, a lot of changing of the yeah. strips, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but John, other uplifting news is that the Bengals hired one of my favorite hobbies, my, my favorite Marion uh, hobby. The, he, he is the new defensive line coach. As I say, he is my second favorite hobby after collecting rare coins on Venice beach. That is how much I've always liked this guy. Mm-hmm. Rare coins. What rare coins are you picking up? Well, like, so you're walking on this beach and you see like, like you know, like a lot of them are mostly pennies. You see like a, a penny and it's like, oh, it could be from 1989. It could be from 1996. So, you don't so, know. So that, yeah, these aren't rare coins. These are just normal, normal pennies that are being dropped on the beach. Yeah, I, I mean, I collect them and then eventually you take them to the bank and, and they give you a, a big reward, you know. But, but John, I'm saying, Marian, yeah, like a dollar or two, yeah. But John, here's the thing. I, okay, I'm a big fan of Marian Hobby. Okay. I want to ask you, why did the Dolphins let him go? Because I look at this guy's resume and I look at the production he got out of the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, you know, were a rebuilding team just a year ago. And they had like 41 sacks or something, right? Yeah. So John? he was with the Dolphins for two years. 2019 to 2020, he was the defensive line coach hired by Brian Flores at the start of his uh, tenure in 2019. He was also the Jaguars defensive line coach for two years before that, from 2017 to 2018. Naturally, for position coaches, you know, some of them just only last a couple years at certain spots because that's just how long their contracts are. But for what I can gather, he's just a very well-respected coach from the coaching ranks and also from what players say about him. And he's been coaching for about 25 years. So I'm not sure that 
we should read into the fact that he was let go by both of those teams after two years. That's just kind of how some of these contracts works for these position coaches. It's just a lot of turnover for guys in this position that aren't necessarily vying for coordinator jobs. And also, of course, for, for that Dolphins team, you know, Brian Flores is, is a defensive coach. I don't think there's a lot of room to really have a lot of self-promotion on that staff. But to your point, there was a lot of young players on that Dolphins team that kind of overproduced relative to what they were expected to do. And I think that is a testament to how good Hobby is at just teaching technique. Remember, this guy was primarily a defensive ends coach for most of his stops. Like he was the co-defense coordinator for Clemson, but he was also the, the, the defensive ends coach there. He was a defensive ends coach for Clemson like 10 years before that in 2005. He was defensive ends coach for the Saints 26, 2006 to 2007. This guy primarily, you know, focuses on the guys on the edge and those guys that get the most pressure and get the most sacks. So wherever he's gone, you know, his defenses or the defenses that he's been a part of, they're really good at getting after the quarterback. And I think that was an emphasis for what the Bengals wanted to bring in, but I wouldn't read too much into why the Dolphins got rid of them. That's just kind of the nature of some of these low level position coaches. John, I mean, yeah, that that's a good point. But, you know, you look at this guy back in, you know, 2017, right? I mean, the, the, the Jaguars, I think their defensive line was their strength. I mean, it was one of their biggest strengths, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this guy, I mean, maybe, you know, he, he comes across as a very soft spoken guy. And maybe that's why he hasn't gotten coordinator position. I don't know. Maybe he's not aggressive enough. Maybe he needs to read like one of those, you know, books, like those, you know, a book that teaches you how to negotiate, you know, better deals or something, you know, something to get him kind of, but I'm happy to have him, John. Like, I, here's another question though. Because you look at the Bengals, Carl Lawson's a free agent. And this is the year they're going to spend on offensive line, supposedly, you know, we'll see. But they're not going to go out and fix the defensive line necessarily this year with, you know, with we just got rid of. Now, Gene Atkins is probably gone. And, and, you know, Dunlap is gone. We have a coordinator who uh, is on the hot seat, I would say, defensive coordinator. You, you lose Lawson, you have no pass rush, basically. Right, John? I mean... Basically, yeah. You have backup. I mean, like Hubbard, you have guys that are, you know, good, but they're more like a backups or like kind of nice contributors, but they're not going to carry the, the pass rush. So, I mean, I don't know what, what is he thinking. Is he thinking, John, is he thinking that, hey, maybe Lou Anarumo gets fired and I become defensive coordinator because I have this great resume. I mean, what? why would he come to the Bengals? For a job, you know, <laughs> I think for the most part. Yeah, there, there are definitely other openings that he could have one two but it's just about fit and also i think the dj reader aspect with with this as well he was the defense he was the co-defensive coordinator for clemson when dj reader was there he actually recruited dj reader uh when he was in high school and and hobby was the defensive coordinator for duke so originally hobby wanted reader to come to duke just in that same general area in, in north carolina south carolina and then Reader eventually went to Clemson, but that's also where Hobby eventually ended up. So they've known each other for most of Reader's life, or at least half of Reader's adult life. And yeah, like when when Hobby was requested an interview with the Bengals, he reached out to Reader and said, "Hey, is this is this a good place for me to end up?" And Reader basically helped recruit uh, Marion Hobby to the Bengals coaching staff. So if you want to talk about a value for a free agent, not only is the guy supposed to be producing at a high level at the nose tackle position, he's also bringing in quality assistance. So, you know, for someone who's frugal like you, I think you can recognize the value in that. that, that John, that's a great point. And, I, John, I just, I don't know what the rules are in the NFL. Is it possible to have a player general manager? Because the Bengals are paying Reader a lot of money. 
he obviously is very he's a smooth talker he knows how to tell i don't want to say lies you know maybe he really does think the bengals are going to be good maybe probably not maybe actually i don't think so but what i'm saying is he somehow got someone to come to cincinnati with the situation that's going on on the defense dj reader i mean this guy we need him in all our negotiating deals i mean you're talking about the, the brown and blackburn family these guys are are all a bunch of lawyers who i think their average you know their income is like i don't know millions of dollars and if, but you look at their expenses and they're in the tens of thousands of dollars this is actually research john the Browns family spends on average you know, about eighteen thousand dollars. That's how cheap they are. And uh, so, uh, but but they don't know how to negotiate. They don't know how to tell, convince people that we are going in the right direction. Somehow they got the reader, and somehow reader got uh, got hobby. So yeah, I, I really I, I appreciate that. Like you said, the reader. It's kind of like Joe Mixon, where you have a player who's who's kind of like, hey, someone's got to recruit on behalf of the Bengals. They're never going to pay someone to do that. Let me do it. Okay, so John, so let's just go back to last year. And the defensive line was, you know, I mean, the secondary was the biggest surprise. I think the secondary was was where we saw the defense take a big step forward, even though Trey Waynes was injured. But Lou Anarumo was a secondary coach, defensive backs coach, and apparently he knows how to coach the position. So that was nice. Linebacker, lot of turnover, lot of, you know, new people. It wasn't impressive, but at the same time, it was a rebuilding year of the, the defensive line was where we saw the disaster. With, we saw the fallout with, with Atkins, where we saw with Dunlap and all that stuff. And we were thinking it was Luana Rumo was the problem. He's not communicating. He's not listening to the vets. What happened, though? How much does Nick Easton to blame? Is, it, is he the scapegoat? Or was is something in his coaching? that Because it seems like they were talking about a scheme, which is, which is Lou's job, not so much Nick Easton's. Yeah, I think that's what ended up happening because... If you look at the numbers, I think deep, the Football Outsiders did a good study on this. They separated the DVOA, which is basically their all-telling metric on how good and efficient a football team is. They separated the secondary from the defensive line for like every team, and they found that the Bengals' defense was largely carried by their secondary. If it wasn't for how their secondary played, and that includes Jesse Bates, William Jackson, uh, they would have been a lot worse based on how lackluster that pass rush was. And I mean, that, it's not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. They were last in sacks. Like, that's just how, how it goes. So, yeah, aside from Carl Lawson, they had next to nothing. Part of that was because Sam Hubbard and DJ Reader got hurt in the middle of the season. They didn't get a lot of snaps from either of those guys. But, yeah, I think when they, I guess, looked at the entire defensive staff and they weren't going to fire Louie and Arumo because I guess they want to keep all these coordinators together for at least one more year, Nick Easton became the, the the guy that they wanted to move on from. They wanted to see notable improvement from the guys that are already on this team because you're right. It doesn't seem like aside from a, a loss and re-signing, they're going to invest a lot in the defensive line because they just have to prioritize elsewhere. So it's really now up to Hobby to get the most out of Sam Hubbard, Khalid Kareem entering his second year, you know, young defensive tackles like Josh Tupo and Renell Wren coming back, DJ Reader again, who he's again coached for four years of his career. So yeah, it's going to be a lot about maximizing the talent already on this team. You know, there could be one or two complementary pieces that are added along with it because they still need to round out that depth and they might not have Geno Atkins next year because he might be cut. So there's going to need to be a lot of improvement. And they're really banking on Hobby being better in that regard than Nick Eason. But John, yeah, just to clarify for our viewers and our listeners, if I'm not mistaken, pass rush is not one of those things. Like the Bengals, remember what they used to do in free agency before last year? 
you'd be like, oh, we need to improve the team. And they go get like a, a third tier veteran, like pay him like, I don't know, like $5 million a year. And like, hey, we fixed that position. It's like, okay, pass rush, you need elite pass rushers. So that means either we have to take someone in the first two rounds, even then, I mean, you don't know, or we have to pay top dollar. Otherwise, we're not going to have a pass rush. Like you can, you can scheme, you know, you can, you can use the linebackers, you can use the safe, you can, you can find ways to create a pass rush, you know, to manufacture a pass rush. But we're not going to have guys winning on the line next year, especially if we lose Lawson. And so I don't know what the, the plan is to outscore opponents because people are going to feast on us if we don't have that, a pass rush. Th- that is entirely the plan. That should be the plan. Like, you don't want your defense to be bottom of the league. You're not going to be competitive if that happens. Like, look at, the Texans are a perfect example last year. They had a top five quarterback and a top five passing offense with Deshaun Watson, but he, he literally had to carry that team because the defense was so tremendously awful. So you cannot compete with a bottom tier defense. And if the Bengals don't make significant improvements with what they have and with, I guess, the minimal pieces they add, they will probably again have a bottom tier defense. And hopefully with guys staying healthy, that will actually change. But you're right to an extent, like the offense cannot carry them entirely even though that like I, I know everyone's talking about, you know, the final four teams are left in the playoffs. They all have top two passing games. And that's a, and that's 100 percent true. That's the main reason why teams like the Bills and the Buccaneers, the Packers and the Chiefs are still playing football right now in late January. It's because of their quarterbacks. It's because of their passing offense. But their defenses aren't exactly liabilities either. Like they, they definitely benefit from their offense being that effective. But the defense still has to win in its own right and and you're right you need you know quality pass rushers more than just carl lawson to win these one-on-one matchups but again i think that's kind of what hobby was brought in for it and it it is a lot on him to really maximize what he has but uh, unfortunately that's just that's their only and best path to success is just to put everything on the offense and hope the defense is just reasonably effective i mean john so i mean like i don't have the stats like you do but when i look at defenses that have been successful in the playoffs and they haven't been all that talented, they've, the defensive line has gotten to the quarterback at critical moments in the playoffs. You know, like the Giants. Remember that Giants team? It was the average defense, mm. but the defensive line picked it up in the playoffs. I mean, just an example. There's, there's a lot of teams that I've seen where they, they have average defense, and that's what the Bengals are going to be. But I, I, you know, I don't know. We, we, you know we have the money, John. You know we can find the money. But we know the Bengals aren't going to really push the envelope in terms of the spending. They're going to get maybe, like you and I both said, probably one second tier tackle or something they're not gonna get the top and then call it a day you know maybe get the backup guard or something or apparently they like their guards so i i think it's going to be maybe we can't make the deep playoff run you know next year with with no real pass rush you know we'll see I, I, hey if they keep lawson they have one guy that we can i mean lawson if if the, if there's better the scheme and and the, the linebackers are, are more developed and everything lawson is a can a 10 to 15 sack guy i mean I know the sacks are, are kind of a backwards a stat, but you know what I mean. He's a guy, he can be a top, you know, 10, 20 pass rusher. I think he already is that now. Like, it, it, it is yeah. tough to, like, rack up a lot of sacks if you don't have a lot of help on your defensive line. And that's, I think, what right. ESPN showed in their sacks created stat, where he was helping the rest of the, of the defensive line get these sacks because he was winning so early. So if you just have one other guy that consistently wins, I think you'll see a, a jump in production from Lawson. But again, it, it's about finding that personnel and it's about hopefully some of the current personnel members being developed a little bit more. And let's be honest, DJ Reader coming back, clogging up that middle, you know, being healthy. He was very productive when he was, when he played DJ Reader mm-hmm. last year. And, and I'll be honest, I love Atkins and I love 
Dunlap, but I think them not feeling like they were welcome or like they had a place in the in, in the in the defense. I think them being on the team might have held back the defensive line more than it helped it because they they basically did not contribute. And I don't mean that mm-hmm. as any sort of the coordinator should have known how to make them contribute. And if he doesn't, they should have fired him. That's how important Atkins and Dunlap were. They didn't do it, so I'm not blaming those guys. But yeah, they didn't contribute. True. They didn't contribute, John. Those two guys, and that held back the rest of the line. That held back the rest of the guys that could have contributed. It held. It, it, I think it hurt their morale. I, I just think it hurts. You know, that's why you get rid of the vets that are disgruntled. So that could be just that could help these guys like you're talking about. Uh, take a, a step forward so yeah there, there's hope okay so i i now understand why hobby took the job big shout out to dj reader for for helping facilitate that we're very happy about that almost as happy as we are about the frank pollock signing good good moves by the Bengals so far i think that's all we got john right yeah. you got anything yeah so just please remember to subscribe to the podcast leave a five-star review we will see you next time so long sweet guys For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.